When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Separate. Yeah. Works for me. Yeah. Yeah, That's fine. Yeah, it's it's, it's a gross article. (laughs) All right. Welcome back. Uh, Another Wisco Fanatics Friday episode with Simon and Bryant. Um, Tyler and myself are obviously here every week. Um, I just wanted to say congratulations to surviving another ugly Thursday night football game because... God, I don't know how they can get any worse, really. Yeah, that was <laughs> at least there was a touchdown. Twelve to seven. It's two yeah. touchdowns. The two touchdowns. That's true. Um, oh boy! Did you guys I saw watch something like game? thirty consecutive possessions without a touchdown? Oh, I don't. Know. I, didn't I, saw want, that. I went and seen Halloween ends instead of watching that game, and somehow the game was still scarier than the movie I went and seen. So. <laughs> I uh, I watched the first half, and then I was like, why am I watching this? This is horrible. I'm not going to force myself to watch this. I wanted to pick on Bears fans, truthfully, but it was getting kind of bad. Where I mean, honestly, I kind of feel bad for Joseph Fields at this point. I like, told you. I know you did. <laughs> but, like, if, you know, I'm thinking of him as just a person. Doesn't mean he's good. Like, I didn't say he man. was. <laughs> I, I feel bad because he, he got picked in the top ten. So right there is expectations. The Bears always have shitty quarterbacks, so they're right there is expectations. It's just like expectations. Yeah, I can't feel bad for somebody that's making twenty something million dollars, like no matter well, what. The, like so. the Bears talk, or the Bears fans talked him up so much too. Like, oh, he's gonna be the guy that takes us to here, and then their GM was like, we're gonna take the North and never give it back. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> someday. I, I, mean, <laughs> I don't feel bad for him in his personal life, but like he was dealt a shitty hand. Yeah, professionally. Professionally, yes. That's kind of where I'm where I'm at. Like he's getting all these expectations and then they're just kind of like, Hey, go go figure it out. We know you know nothing about this. But I will say this, his comments when he said the game is slower, he kind of screwed himself right there. Yeah, that's true too. It's, yeah, it's like that's true too. You haven't played there's a real NFL that, down yet. Yeah, there's a couple catches that need to be made for him last night for sure. The last like ten minutes that I watched of the game like i think it was dante pettis like hit it right in the face mask it's pretty bad another one went right through the guy's hand and hit the ground well he yeah. also kind of he kind of messed himself over too he had like a tight end wide open in the flat for a touchdown and he just overthrew yeah. him. it was just it was such an easy throw overthrew him there yeah. was a the yeah. first i think it was the first sack that he took like he had a good four or five seconds of clean pocket from his offensive line and just held on to the ball like you got to do something that'll that'll get you that'll definitely get you and they got him (laughs) 
Uh, what was I, I think mean, I saw something that said he has the most time to throw in the NFL. No way. I'm pretty sure that was. Like, I don't know that I believe. I'd have that. to go find it. It might be well, a little I skewed based on how long he holds onto the ball. Yeah. But I want to. I gotta go look for it again. But I saw something to that effect. If they yeah, throw the least scrambling, probably factors into that too. Dude, he's a great athlete. He had a really, really good yeah. run last. Oh yeah, like towards the end of the game, was it like thirty-nine yeah. yarder? Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. like a really nice run last night. That was a crazy run. I was like, whoa, okay. But then he, he tried to carry for eighty-eight yards. He did. He did. He was. He had a pretty decent game, to be honest. Yeah. And that that pass he had to Mooney was a really, really good ball placement. Mooney's got to catch that if he's the number one. Yeah. I'm talking about the very end play. Yeah. 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 He's got to catch I that. That was a great throw. Yeah. But Bears fans, again, they were talking about Darnell Mooney like he was the best thing since sliced bread. He was He's better than every receiver on the Packers. It's like, I know a guy, number 13 on the Packers, that's catching that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just yeah. trying to muscle that away from yeah. you, dude. Well, unless it's batted down at the line, <sighs> too soon, huh? Oh, yeah, too well, soon. I mean, uh, like we're gonna talk about the show, huh? <laughs> and then we're also gonna move forward. So let's just yeah. let's just get the Giants thing out of the way. We got two New York teams to talk about. We yeah. got the Giants stuff out of the way. We'll find you know whatever positive takeaways there can be. Uh, we'll start with our three stars and our underrated performers. So Simon's got the number one star this week. So I will let Simon go first and give us our number one star. Yeah, I, I felt like we pretty much uh, agreed on this one pretty quickly. Yep. It was Randall Cobb. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, seven catches, 99 yards. Uh, he had that huge 35-yarder on the third and eight in the in the first quarter. I have no idea how that got through to him. I don't know, man. But I he, didn't think it was for him. <laughs> every time I see him take a long thing. Did everyone freeze? No. no. You're good. Uh, oh, okay. Did you, did you freeze? I don't know. Someone froze. And anyways, every time I see him go across the middle and take like a long run, every time we just send that uh, thing to each other, it's Randall Cobb again. <laughs> That's all I think about. <laughs> and then he had that he had that nasty toe drag in the third quarter. I yeah. thought for sure that was incomplete, but so I mean, that was so good. It, I'm telling you, it looks like Randall Cobb like six years ago. During versus the Giants, um, that was the first time he's caught eight passes in a game since 2020 when he played for the wow. Texans. Oh my god! Uh, and then he had the he had the really good um, catch over the middle to put him in field goal range too before the half. Um, but yeah, Randall mm-hmm. Cobb had a good game. He was targeted 14, 13, um, 13, 13, 13 times. Thank you. Yeah, when I talk about the passing distribution a little bit later, I have a a tidbit on that on those thirteen targets. But Bryant has our number two star this week, so I will let Bryant give our number two star. So the new number two star is actually the fans. So um, I think that's awesome. You listen to Aaron Rodgers, uh, Matt Lafleur, everyone talk about it. Even all the beat writers, um, they they talked about. There's like two bars that were dedicated to the Packers. Um, they said that the crowd was essentially 70, 15, 15, where the 15 were uh, Giants fan and another 15 were just, you know, whatever fans. But you could definitely tell it was heavily Green Bay Packer fans. You could hear it on the TV. You could see it in the stands. Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show talked about how he met people from like Sweden, Norway, Belgium. Are 
you know, I might not get the countries exact, but he was talking about all over Europe for sure. Um, and he called out like one fan that's from Germany that brings a German flag to like every home or home game once a year. So it was great to be able to go play closer to them. So and he actually made the comment that, you know, we're not a nationwide team. We're, you know, a worldwide team from our fans. And that's pretty awesome. Like just to see them show out, it was pretty awesome to see. Mm-hmm. Rogers in his post game interview said that the fans were outstanding four times. <laughs> he said the word outstanding four times. <laughs> In his post-game yeah. interview. Um, <clears throat> Bernard coming in hot with the questions. Um, do you think Rodgers is washed? No. 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 None of us. So, we got that. Um, I don't think any of us would bet against Aaron Rodgers. Um, and, you know, we're going to talk about some of this stuff when we get into some of the recap. But um, we agreed our third star was Mason Crosby. Um, he was two for two on field goals, two for two on extra points. He made his season long field goal was 48 yards. Um, he's actually six for six on field goals this year and now 11 for 11 on extra points. Um, and I want to give a little extra credit just for the field goal unit for getting out right before halftime by having, well, like 18 seconds to run out onto the field and set for the field goal with no timeout and, and no opportunity to spike the ball because it was fourth down. Um, so I wanted to give a little bit of credit there. And then Jake has our underrated performer this week. So we'll see who Jake picked for the underrated performer. There was definitely some uh, good candidates. Preston Smith had a very good game. Can I guess? Uh, I think you can guess. Go ahead. I got TJ Slayton. I got Chris Slayton. TJ Slayton was very good. This is going to sound funny because he had three receptions for 29 yards, but it's Romeo Dubs. Okay. There was a highlight. I'm with it. Blocking was involved. (laughs) He had a really really great block on the touchdown for Lazard. He had a really great block later in the game. Uh, I believe it was the third quarter. Another play to Lazard to the left side, and it allowed Lazard to pick up eight, nine more yards. It was actually a highlight reel. Um, Andy Herman was going through in grading players, and he was just burning those corners. And this is, this is where the narrative of Rogers needing to trust his young receivers. Cause he had a couple touchdowns. Um, he, he burned the corner on the right side twice in the first half. And Andy Herman talked about how he would have graded dubs as his highest player, um, you know, from the game, if he would have had those targets, but for me, Romeo does blocking mm-hmm. and his ability to just get open. I mean, that means something. Later in the year, it's definitely going to mean something. It's those little things that add up. David Cobb was number one, so that was our number one star. Um, so we're going to get into get into some recap here. Um, Bryant, I'm going to go to you first, and I'm going to let you talk about um, the running back touches in this game. Yeah, I just – so for – I'll really talk about kind of season why, but for this game in particular, it's just absolutely – inexcusable for us to pass the ball 66% of the time in a game that we were leading 17 to three at one point. And that's kind of gross to think about when we figured, you know, we went like 24 and three on, on points in the second half. So to have a game where we're leading 17 to three and 20 to 10 at halftime and our, our running backs were averaging 5.1 yards per carry. I don't understand how you have, I believe it was nine total carries in the second half. Um, no, eight times. We ran the ball eight times in the second half. We came into the second half leading 20 to 10, and we ran the ball eight times. 
And I know it's skewed because, you know, we didn't have that many plays and the Giants had long, long drives. But there's one drive where you go just three and out, three deep passes by Aaron Rodgers again. Um, so it's, for me, it's really inexcusable. Because if you look at our two losses, in our two losses, we had 15 and 19 carries. In our three wins, um, the running backs had 33, 24, and 33 touches. And so it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, It's pretty easy to figure out. So, and then like at the, uh, I know Jake's going to talk more about the goal line, but I just, I I know that the, the box was loaded or whatever at that point, but I feel like you have to trust Aaron Jones and Aaron or AJ Dillon to get two yards there at least once. Give them one of them, one of the two. So, um, I'll say, um, the yards per average for Dylan is down on the season, but that's because we're asking him to get a lot of gritty, you know, yards in between the tackles. So everyone might look at that and be like, well, he's only averaging like 3.9 on the year. Yeah. But that's a little bit skewed because a lot of the times when we're going to like third and one and so we're, we're only trying to get one yard on that carry, that carry is going to AJ Dylan. So mm-hmm. yeah, for, for this game, it's just, for me, it was bad. So Jake, take us through the final drive and what you saw on that. Okay. I'm going to collect myself because <laughs> the last couple of plays really, really irked me. All right. So I wrote down every single play so I could break this down for you so you could see the things that I saw too. The final drive was 14 plays, 69 yards. Nice. I mean, nice, nice and <laughs> kind of not nice because we lost, but <laughs> um, and it lasted five minutes and six seconds. So first and 10, first play. This is after the Giants take the lead. Rogers pass incomplete deep right to Cobb. It's like, why are we still going deep? You know, we had a possession in between our two decent possessions in the second half where it was 26 seconds long because all we did was throw deep. That possession really is what lost the game and switched all the momentum over the New York Giants. But the next play, it's second and 10. We're still at the 25. Jones runs up the middle to the Green Bay 31 for six yards. By the way, Bryant, you talked about how they ran the ball eight times in the second half. Four of those rushes are on this this drive. So that makes it even more disgusting. <laughs> well, it's the half and half. The Packers only have three possessions in the second half. So four yeah, were on the first drive, four were on the third drive. All right. Um, so now we're at third and four. Rodgers passes short right to Tanyan, 14-yarder, gets the first down. We're at the 45. We're at first and 10. A.J. Dillon up the middle, two yards. We're at the 47. Second and eight, Rodgers short pass left to Cobb, pushed out of bounds for a nine-yard gain to the New York Giants 44. So we're moving the ball. Uh, we're going back to what Tyler talks about all the time, the possession, throwing it throwing it short, let, running the ball, using the clock, using all of our guys, using all the tools. Now we get Jones to the New York Giants 36 for eight yards. So we're running the ball well. We went away from it, and then we started doing it again, and it was working. Rodgers, the next play, incomplete to Lazard. Now we're at second and two. We get to third and two. Rodgers short pass to Lazard for a nine-yard gain. So now we got another first down. We're going to keep passing the ball. This is one of the routes where Dubs, why he was my underrated performer, he absolutely burned the guy over the middle. He goes to the New York Giants 19 for for an eight-yard gain. Then he throws a pass to Tanyan, another good gain, gets first down on a second second and two for four yards. Two-minute warning. Okay. This is where situational football has to come in. This is where coaching comes in. This is where having a four-time MVP matters. First and 10, you run Aaron Jones up the middle. You get seven yards. We get to the New York Giants' eight-yard line. 
okay. I'm thinking we're in business. Roger's going to tie this baby up. We're going to go to overtime and we're just going to, we're going to escape, right? That's what I'm feeling like. Then we run Aaron Jones again on second and three for two yards to the New York Giants six. So he got two yards, right? We get the third and one. He just got two yards. We throw the ball. Now they showed, they showed zero, zero blitz, which means it's man coverage across the board. Everybody's coming. What they did on that play is they dropped the linebacker out, right? So when you get to zero blitz, you got to make your read and you got to make it fast. Rogers pumped on that play and because they took away the first read and he ends up throwing it off the helmet. Okay. This is where I get mad. You get the fourth and one. They come up with the same look, the exact same zero blitz. You have two timeouts. Why in the heck did you not call a timeout and reassess the situation? Rodgers went up there. You have a four-time MVP. He literally saw the same thing. He's just like, okay, I'm just going to go for it. Didn't call timeout. Throws the ball. The ball's batted down. We lose the game. I don't understand the mismanagement of not using a timeout in that situation to reassess and maybe call a better play. And it was an RPO. And if you watch that play, I don't know if you guys saw the replay. I don't want to watch the guard in the center destroyed. Yeah, destroyed the middle. Myers pushed the dude into the end zone. That would have been a walk-in touchdown. I told all my coworkers this week. I was like, I could have walked backwards and got that first down. Yeah, I I agree with you, Jake. And one of the things was when when we were going slow, and I was like, okay, we're we're totally playing for overtime here. We're not trying to go Mm -hmm. fast at all. We don't want them. And I agree with you. I was thinking, like, why don't you take a time out there and look at that? And if you watch the play, what he tried to throw to Lazard, Lazard wasn't open. I don't know that. That's a very low fleet completion that that was going to even get caught. You know what? Um, yeah. What surprises me a little bit with that play too is we know that Rodgers is a, a hard count master. So on a fourth and one where you have those timeouts available, why not go and see if you can get a guy to jump off sides? Another good because point. it's going to be an automatic first down, even if you don't do anything if, with the free play if you get it. If the refs let you keep playing and give you that free play, you throw the ball in the end zone to try to score. And if they jump across and the refs blow the play dead, you get five yards and automatic first down and you're at what? The two yard line, the one yard line. Yeah. We so, were at the six. So yeah. in that situation would have been half distance to the goal. So we would have been at the three, three right? Three. Yeah. Yeah. I think those two tip passes were Aaron Rodgers first two tip passes of the season. I don't think he had a, one prior to that. Um, no, but I agree with you. It's, it's just, Going back to the running back touches, even against Tampa Bay when we run, that was the, the least amount we had. We weren't successful in running the ball. Over. We averaged that was our worst game. We averaged two point eight yards per carry, but we still ran it twenty four times that game, and um, because we stuck with it because we know it need, we need it for our offense. So in mm-hmm. the games that we lost and we didn't run the ball, we averaged six point two and five point one yards a carry, and we still weren't running the ball those games. So we stuck with it in Tampa Bay, and I love that. I, and I think we all talked about that during the game. Like, even though it's not working, you have to continue to do it because if you go away from it, you the defense knows what you're doing. So for us not to run the ball even once there, it just – and I, I agree with you on that fourth down. If he hands that ball to A.J. Dillon, I get it that the three people were loaded on the side that A.J. Dillon was at. Guess what? He's going to hit where the center's at before they come around that and get through there, and he's going to walk in for a first down at least. So I might be in the minority here and I'm fine with the fourth down call. But for me, the third down call when it's third and one, third and two, whatever it was, and you know that you're going to be going for it on fourth down, no matter what, that's the one where I think they should have ran the ball. 
I'm you fine with passing on fourth down. Totally fine with that. You put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands. Fine with that. Mm-hmm. But the third mm-hmm. down call, like you said, we had the timeouts. You know it's four down territory. That's where I think you try to run the ball. But mm-hmm. again, I'm just a, a talking head on a on a. Oh, I agree with you. Ball, I, I agree. You go with it on third down, and you can throw it on fourth down. I mean, you have AJ Dillon for a reason, right? You know, and Bryant touched on it before, talking about you know he's been getting all the third and one carries. I trust AJ Dillon to get me three feet. You know, like, come on. Yeah. That's all I all got. All right. On that. So Aaron Rodgers, I think he caught a lot of flack, and I think he actually had an okay game. Um, he was twenty-five for thirty-nine, sixty-four percent, uh, two hundred twenty-two yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, I think in the first half, he did a great job of making adjustments at the line of scrimmage. Um, and then I think as far as the deep ball goes, um, I do think those are going to come together because he needs just a little bit more time. Um, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more when we get into the preview. But um, with with this, like the one that Jake, I know Jake is talking about, one of the ones where Romeo Dobbs had his man burned on the right side. Um <clears throat> Basically, as soon as he his first reads were there was three wide receivers to the left, one wide receiver to the right, which was Romeo Dobbs. His first three reads were all the receivers on the left side. By the time he looked, he turned to look and and make his next read, which was Romeo Dobbs. Royce Newman is in his lap. So I'm going to make a point about this later when we get into the preview as far as the offensive line is concerned. But on that one specific play, like he just needs more time to throw those deep balls. Jake and I talked about the same exact thing with Graham Mertz on Wednesday, that he he does better on those deep balls when he doesn't have to make the throw super early and he's got to try to lollipop it up there and hope that it comes down in the right spot to hit his receivers in stride. We know Rodgers can make those throws. We've seen him do it a thousand times. It just comes down to having that right timing, which is something Rodgers talks about a lot is timing. Um, having that right timing to hit those guys on those deep routes without having to throw the ball two seconds earlier than he wants to because the pocket's collapsing up. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's something, like I said, when we talk about the preview, I have something I want to say about that as well um, as far as the offensive line is concerned. But the other thing that I looked at was the passing game distribution. Um, <clears throat> in this game, Packers had nine different players with a reception. And six different receivers had two-plus receptions. Um, Randall Cobb had 13 targets. That's the first double-digit target player of 2022. So we talked about, like I've said the word balance probably 10,000 times since Devontae Adams was traded. But, um, you know, Rodgers has eight different touch, eight touchdowns to five different players. And if Christian Watson catches the first play of the season, he's got nine touchdowns to six different players. So that, and then looking at um, season averages, Randall Cobb's averaging 49.8 yards per game. Alan Lazard's averaging 52.3 yards per game. Romeo Dobbs is averaging 42.6 yards per game. So the balance is there. It's just going to come down to execution. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with a theme here, but I really feel that this is less about a lack of talent and more just about growing pains. Because we are still in week five. So yes, I know it's, it's going to be a cliche and people are going to be like, oh, they've had five weeks to figure it out. It's still early to me. And mm-hmm. especially when you consider the fact that Alan Lazard missed week one. Sammy Watkins has been out since week two. Uh, <clears throat> Christian Watson has missed two games and is going to miss this week. And now we're getting into the scenario where since week two, Romeo Dobbs' role is increasing and increasing. 
Robert Tunyon is getting healthier. Randall Cobb is getting more involved because he's performing like he's 10 years younger than he is. So there's a lot still going on here. So I'm still in the, the mind that's more growing pains than a lack of talent as far as the offense and the passing game is concerned. Yeah, the 0-6 on deep shots is definitely rough. Like it's just, but they've been pretty, pretty good on between like the 10 and 20 yard uh, depth passes. But the mm-hmm. the over six on like I think it was over six on 20 plus yards is definitely killing us. And it'll kill a drive because it's a wasted play, essentially. Not always. It's not always a wasted play because you got to show it. But if you show it six times and it doesn't complete one of them, it's rough. And well, I no, mean, no flags so- or anything too. Yeah, there should have been some. That, that long bomb to Romeo Dobbs should have been, um, yep. what's it called? The one that Watson got hurt on. Illegal contact. Yeah, that illegal contact. If he doesn't get hit there, that's a walk-in touchdown. Yeah, that, that should have been illegal contact. But um, <clears throat> Isaac, I, like I think sometimes. we should inquire about DJ Moore, but I don't think the Panthers are trading him. And I don't think that's the Packers' way of life. They just – I think he'd come All with right. a healthy oh. price tag too. <clears throat> right. Um, I think realistically, like Robbie Anderson is probably more likely if the Packers are looking to get yeah. somebody from the Panthers. But I still think I still think Brandon Cooks is the guy to go after. They've shown interest in him in the past. So I still think Brandon Cooks is the guy that they go after if they're gonna go after a wide receiver, if they don't try to sign Odell Beckham Jr. But um apparently the Rams aren't done making offers to him yet. So And we've done Quite a few transactions with Houston, so I could see that happening. I would love right. to add it, Brandon Cooks. I think that'd be a great yeah. add. I agree. Your deep I think it would. <laughs> I think it would really benefit everybody. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I'm gonna put out just the. This is the trade that I suggested. I suggested it to you guys. Is Amari Rogers and a fifth round pick for Brandon Cooks? I, mean, I would like that. Bad. If they accept that, I would like that. I mean, I think that's fair. Um, Curtis Samuel, I feel like is Ron Rivera's like his like his, his buddy. <laughs> Our family, Debo Samuel, is what they're trying to do with him. Then they're not going to trade him, I don't think. Yeah. Gonna ask All right, that so, this morning. <clears throat> I'm going to go back Curtis to Jake. Samuel. Jake, um, Jake's going to talk about the third down offense for the Packers. Uh, I mean, overall on the season, it's pretty good. Um, 42%. Um, so I went and looked, uh, our percentage at home and our percentage on the road and our percentage on the road is 38%. That is ugly. And at home it's 47%. So what that tells to me, Packer fans want loved. Oh God. No, they don't. Bernard, (laughs) Bernard, you did it on Wednesday. Don't do it again. I don't need it twice in one week. Some might. Um, yeah, no political views in here, buddy. We don't care about that stuff. Um, so what, what, what I see with this third down percentage is that the growing pains, as Tyler talked about the young wide receivers and Rogers, not trusting them. Um, I did, I didn't look super deep on penalties or anything like that, uh, down in distance, but all I'm seeing is the Packers just need to run the ball. And I, I understand that that sounds really vague. And people are going to be like, well, that doesn't fix all our problems. But running the ball allows you to put yourself in third and manageables, you know, consistently if you're running the ball well, which the Packers do a pretty damn good job of. We have two good running backs, too, that can 
find gaps. It, 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 Jones is very good at finding a hole and making a five-yard gain into a nine-yard gain. So I would just give him the ball, feed A.J. Dillon, feed Aaron Jones, and allow Rodgers to be in third manageables all game. But 42%, to be honest with you, is not bad. I can't complain about the third down offense. So as far as um, the running game goes, I think this is going to kind of transition into Brian's next point. But the Packers did a really good job in the first half. Um, it was under – it was like under eight yards on a depth of target. Rodgers was like 12 for 12. Uh, so that – I said this is that the Packers were kind of running through the air by having those really short, you know, 90% completion rate throws, those really short ones, the quick slants, the bubble screens, the wide receiver screens, that type of thing. Those throws, I think of essentially kind of like running the air. It's like running a pitch play. You know, the guy is two yards away from you, three yards away from you. Those quick slants are similar to that. Those really short little out routes where you get the ball and you have a blocker in front of them. The Alan Lazard touchdown is a perfect example of one of those kind of routes. Basically, Alan Lazard, like as soon as the ball is hiked, he turns around, looks, the ball is in his hands, and Romeo Dobbs is carrying a blocker into the end zone, and Alan Lazard walks in. So that kind of stuff, um, I think, as far as the passing game is concerned, that those shorter, easier completions, I think that combined with the way that uh, Matt LaFleur is talking about constantly the taking what the defense gives you. Those types of plays are what the defense is going to give you. You don't have to take the deep shots just because teams are playing with one safety back. You can take short passes. If they're going to put seven guys on the line, you can still take advantage of one-on-ones without having to throw the ball 25 yards away from the line of scrimmage. So, And you can still make positive gains out of those plays. Um, and that's where, like I said, I think it's kind of – it's almost like a a concept of running through the air just because you're getting short completions. You're just getting the ball in the guy's hands right away and then having the opportunity for them to go make a play with potentially blockers in front of them with as good as uh, blockers as the Packers wide receivers are. So um, with that, I'm going to let Bryant talk about the play calling. What's up, Robert? Thanks for uh, tuning in on a Friday night. Um, Bryant is going to talk about the play calling from this game. Yeah, and for really for the season in general, like we kind of already hit it with the the run pass balance. Uh, first with defense, I'll talk about defense play calling. I don't think it exists. I think it's just they go out there and do the same thing. I was looking at like blitzing rates earlier. It said that Packers blitz thirty three percent of the time. That's skewed. We do not. We hardly ever blitz. Uh, so, but for play calling, I feel like it's just too predictable. I feel like if we pass on first downs incomplete, we run it like. The defense knows we're going to run the ball, and there's so many times I watch us run into, like, third and seven and plus. Or if we don't run it, then it's almost like Aaron Rodgers feels right there. He needs to take a deep shot, and then we're in third and long. So I, I'm i fine with throwing on first down because you can't run every time on first down, and you can't run every time on – you know, you can't always run if you have an incomplete on first down. You can't always run it on second down. But I feel like one of those plays each pretty much each series or each, you know – three downs or whatever needs to be a run. And then if you if you do have a negative or a zero play on first down, whatever you're calling on second down, you need to make sure that it's a pretty high percentage play. And I don't feel like that's been the case. And a lot of times, like, like there are several times during this game, we incomplete because Aaron Rodgers trying to throw deep or whatever in first down, like we're going to run it into third and long. And sure enough, that's what we did a couple times, right? Or he went deep again. So I just, I think the play calling is just isn't balanced. We just need more more balanced and more like, I, I don't 
the only screens I'm really seeing, how many running back screens have we ran this year? I don't think that many. Like I think only wide receiver screens. <laughs> it's been all wide receiver screens. Like, why isn't Aaron Jones getting any, you know, screens? Why are maybe some more tight end screens? Like something that's just more high completion. And if we don't get any yards off of it, fine. It's completion. It's not negative. You know, get a couple of yards at least. So I just feel like really when we have a negative play on first down, that's where Lafleur wants to run it a lot on second down or whatever. If we have a negative first down play, which is fine as long as it's a good run play and we get some yards, and a lot of times Aaron Jones is going to get those yards. But I feel like if we can start putting in more some more screens or something, I would like to see that. So I just think the play calling has been really inconsistent, and it's like they get down by one score, and they I feel like they think they have to put themselves right back in the game instantly, and they have to score a touchdown right there. So and I, that's where I feel like they really push it down. It's like they want a deep shot right away. And I do think the lack of a deep threat right now are the, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't seeing the field as well. And he'll get set in that way if he's getting used to new receivers. But I wish Watson would stay healthy. And we'd actually, even if he doesn't catch the thing, we just don't, we haven't thrown the ball to him since the first game of the season. Everything's been behind the line of scrimmage. So once he does get healthy and we do get Watkins back, this is the last game Watkins is out. So hopefully he can get down the field a little bit too. So hopefully that will help us. Or maybe we do make a trade. Uh, the people aside from Brandon Cooks, who I would love to see target. And I don't want to root for a team that I don't care about to lose, but I'm kind of hoping Seattle keeps losing. So they might actually move on from Tyler Lockett because Lockett has, yep. has been someone I've been talking about since this summer. And I would love to see him in a Green Bay Packer uniform. But yeah, I yep. just, we just need, need more consistency. And Isaac Tunyon's actually like second on our team in reception. So he has been involved. Um, and there was one play this game. It was this game, right? Where he was deep down the field. We got the, you know, the penalty. That was the one deep shot we took that we got the penalty. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was pass interference this game. So um, I think he's becoming more and more involved. And I think we need to run him up to see more. And also I want to see Aaron Jones run some dang wheel routes or something. Everything's in the flat to him. Like when we do. Throw I mean, the one out. wheel route that he ran, he fumbled at the goal line, but yeah. I'm not saying I expect that to happen again, but that is what happened when <laughs> yeah. he did it once. Well, that was like that corner post. I'm talking just wheel routes. It's a up Texas the route. Yeah, I'm talking about the wheel routes up the sideline or something. Get yeah. More deep, you know what I mean? Clear out try with to, the wide receivers, and he can outrun a linebacker. Try to have a linebacker cover all the way out there. That's tough. <clears throat> Isaac, I did bring yeah, up like, Tanyan before that he's getting more involved as he's getting healthier. Um, I do think Tanyan's role in the last two weeks has really increased. Like um, if we can get – oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. If we can get Aaron Jones to run a wheel route against CJ Mosley on the sidelines in this game, he's gonna he's faster than CJ Mosley. That's like that's what I'm hoping. Like we need to use him more down the field because we've seen him make those catches before. So if we're talking, you know, more explosive plays, a lot of our our plays have been yak this year. So I hope we're looking at more like that. So all right. So we're gonna switch to the defensive side of the ball, and I'm gonna go to Simon to talk about the third down defense. That's um, a very good stat, David, by the way. I just, what do you sorry, I've seen it in this comment. Oh, what do you say? The Packers are 34-2 and two under LaFour if they run 25 more more times and 2-11 and 11 when they run 20 or fewer times. <laughs> that's so bad. <laughs> Jesus. That's a, that's a pretty good ratio, 17-1. Yes. to one. That's pretty good. Um, all right. So the third down defense this week was okay. And, and maybe it was it was better than I thought it was when I initially watched the game and then I rewatched it and actually took notes and stuff. Um, they went six for eleven, which is not tremendous or anything, but it's not it's not 
terrible. The they kind of broke the streak of their third down and eight plus. They let up yeah. a couple really long third downs, and um, I was going to talk about this more when we got into like improving, talking about the Jets a little bit, but they are god awful against crossing routes. Like this game was just gross to watch people just run across the field and be wide open on third down. Um, I, I feel like the first half they did okay, but it, it may have just been the Giants were a little shaky. Um, Campbell blew up a play on Barkley on like third and 13 or something. And um, oh, what was the other one? Hold on, I wrote Jair it Alexander blew one up. Yeah, Jair, yeah, Jair was the other one that he, he threw. <laughs> behind the line of scrimmage uh, but once they once they realized that that just wasn't working and they started looking down the field a little bit more Darius Slayton was open um he was uh, the only guy they threw to <laughs> but Barkley also had a really nice crossing route I know he caught, but... and then uh Savage missed a block on him he went for like 40 yards that was disgusting okay real um, quick just while you're on that because Saquon Barkley had one carry for 40 yards Aside from that, he was 12 for 30 outside of that play. So, like, when we get, let's, I'll save it for the, the rest of what I want to say for when we get to the improving part, but I'm going to let Simon keep talking. But 12 for 30 outside of the one 40-yard rush that he had. The other thing, too, is, like, we've missed – our missed tackles this year are gross. Like, we have some games where we have, like, one or two and – you know, it looks like they're coming along a little bit. We had seven versus the Giants. Seven missed tackles. Like that, that's just nasty. So we got to really uh, clean up that stuff. Um, that was pretty much it. It was just, yeah. I, I have a nasty stat for later when I'm talking about improving on the Jets. Um, All right, so. Simon, I'll let you keep going. I want you to talk about the special teams because you were you were a Pat O'Donnell truther on day one. I am, and I still am. So this is this is exactly what we want to see from from the special teams this whole year, for the most part. I, I think New England they kind of allowed a little bit. Um, I wish versus Giants, Kijan Nixon. Got that fumble. Mm. It, it was just, it was so rough to watch that just like go through yeah. his hands and him just be so upset with himself where he just slaps the ground. Oh man, that was so upsetting. Um, but it was a solid, uh, solid game. Like you said earlier, Crosby two for two, 46 and a 48, kicked both of his special, uh, both extra, uh, special, his point after attempts. Um, and then, I mean, the field goal unit. The snap, the hold, the kick, everything just looks fluid this year. And this is exactly the type of stuff that we got excited about when they hired Rich Versaccia. Um, another good thing that they average 8.7 yards per return on kicks. So they weren't getting past the 25 this game at all. And then Pat O'Donnell, another uh, pin down in the 20, that was a beautiful kick. I think he got it down to the nine yard line. Um, so he he's doing he's doing great things for us. And like I said, I, I'm still I'm still on the all pro train over here. Oh, and the, the other interesting thing was seeing them try Watson out on kick returns. 
Um, I don't think anything really special happened, but it's interesting to see them, their usage of Amari Rodgers just dwindle to almost nothing now. So Rich Passaccio was actually asked about that, and his answer to that was that they're just looking to add some speed. He said they may also use Keyshawn Nixon in that role. Um, they're just looking to add some speed. He brought up that Keyshawn Nixon is fast and physical. I think he tried as... out for a punt return. Uh, right. Time uh, um, this game. So um, going into potential improvements the Packers can make, I know one that's really been brought up, um, it was brought up to Jerry Gray. It was brought up to um, – um, I can't think of Montgomery's first name. Um, and it was brought up – is it is Jerry Montgomery? That's what I thought. Um, and it was brought up to Joe Barry and actually it was brought up to Adrian Amos as well in the post game, and they all said the same thing, looking at how they can improve the lack of turnovers that they're creating. Uh, basically all of them said the same thing, is that they all feel that those are – things that come in bunches. So I'm going to go to Brian. I'm going to let Brian talk about the lack of turnovers and how they could potentially improve that. So I agree with you that it is something that comes in bunches, but if you're not in a position to make the play, you cannot make the play. And I know a lot of before we've seen all these articles and stuff come out this week early. First thing I said after that, I was like, it seemed to never be around the ball. Um, And that's because they're not. And that's to me, it's not the players. I, I know it's a little bit on the players, but we have a lot of talent in that secondary. On paper, we're top five defense, right? So I'm just going to show you some stats that are like are making me sick to my stomach and it show that the scheme. And I really hope if something good came out of this game, it's the fact that maybe we're going to actually see a change. So for me, it's a, what I'm about to show share is a direct result of the passive scheme that we've been playing. So the Packers allowing 73% completion in uh, to quarterbacks, which is worse by 3% in the league. So <coughs> quarterbacks are completing 73% of passes by us. The Packers are playing off coverage, which is categorized by five plus yards off coverage, 74% of the time. Okay. The average depth. So this one is really, was really idle opening me. Their average cushion was seven and a half. Seven and a half yards we're giving an average cushion. And this one's eye-opening to me. The average depth of target against the Packers is 5.9 yards. The only teams below, we're the only team below six yards in the league of an average depth against. So we're at, we're giving a seven and a half yard cushion. Our average depth against is 5.9, okay? So that league average is 7.8. Okay, there's only like seven other teams that are even below seven yards average depth. Okay, so then we've given up the fewest um, air yards, but we've actually given up more yards after the catch than in the air. So they're throwing it short and they're running against us. (laughs) (laughs) There is eight other teams. There's eight other teams in the league that have given up more yak than air yards, and all of them are towards the bottom of average depth. So that what I'm that's showing is that those teams are playing soft and letting them catch and run. So this is this is the other one that kind of really got me was we're one of eight teams that are allowing a passer rating of a plus 100. The next closest to us is allowed 71 yards more per game per passing. So we're coming up and making those plays, but basically what we're doing is we're allowing them to throw. Dink and dunk. So yeah, this is gross too. Passes <clears throat> defended a seven. That's seven less. Than the next team 
So New England is second less in the league at 14. So they're double our production. Um, and there's five teams in the NFL that have seven interceptions or more. So we have seven passes defended. There's five teams with seven interceptions more. In the last two games, what are, who are the quarterbacks who played? Bailey Zappi for, for the most of it and Daniel Jones. We had one pass defended, and that was tipped at the line of scrimmage against those quarterbacks. Uh, Dean this, Lowry? Uh, no, it was um, Jonathan Garvin. Oh. So That is uncalled for. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. So we're telling these people to play off. So we're letting – what, what do we all say? Make Daniel Jones, make Brian Hoyer slash Billy Zappi beat you deep and make them beat you. What do right, we do? I got, we I got another it. one. I'll go for it. All right. So going off of crossing routes and zone coverage, Green Bay is allowing 134.3 passer rating to opponent uh, opposing quarterbacks on plays with at least one crossing route. Yeah. So That's 30 the issue, right? 31st in the league. So we're trying to play this scheme where it's all about communication. Look, Jared Stokes is fast, but he can't start flat-footed and pick up someone running across his face. It's not going to happen. So what we're doing to – why aren't you in the face of these wide receivers and making Daniel Jones and Bailey Zappi beat you deep? Why are you letting them complete five-yard passes and getting in third and short all the time? It doesn't make any sense to me. It's almost like our third down – our goal is to hope they have an incompletion on first or second down or have a holding call or something, and then we get in third and long and we pin our ears back. If or a short press, run. If you play press with these cornerbacks who can bump and run, don't tell me that Ja and um, Razul and Stokes can't bump and run with these people. You do that, and you buy the linebackers another half second. Rashawn Gary, our Preston Smith, who has been close how many times this year, is getting home. So this this crap where they're playing way off, I get it that this is the thing going around the league, but you're playing too far off, and you're doing it too too often. <clears throat> you got so on, to on, you got to pressure him a little bit on first and second down. On and, top and of it's that, just, it's, the Packers had 16 pressures versus the Giants, only two sacks, yeah. and that's yep. that's just that's just the scheme and how far we are off playing these guys, where the secondary is not holding up their end of the bargain and allowing that pass rush yeah. to get through. Exactly. If if they if the quarterback has a quick out right away, you're never going to get home. You're only getting home on third and long. That's it, which is fine. Daniel Jones can run, too, a little bit, which I think yeah. is a little bit of a part of it, but go ahead. But it would be uh, nice to get a sack on first or second down and put him in behind the sticks right away instead of letting him do a quick pass and then hoping you get in third and long from an incompletion or something, and then you get the sack. Or you get a sack uh, so, and then a holding call by Russell Douglas. Yeah, yeah. so he had a rough game. But yeah, I, yeah. I'm hoping that this game, like how many – now this is a couple of games in a row we've heard like a defensive player come out. I think it was Slayton that came out and said – well, once they started bootlegging, we made no adjustment. Mm-hmm. So, and then Aaron Jones obviously came out and said, "Hey, I think we can get those two yards." And then Jaw wanted obviously to man up. So now, like they're saying, like you know, they're talking heads. They're saying all the right things. Barry's saying we're going to be more aggressive. Blah blah blah. I want to see it actually happen. If not, like it's telling me that Barry cannot, he cannot scheme anything, and he's just hoping the talent gets us there. This team is so- too talented. I, I have there. interviews from Jerry Gray and from Joe Barry. Um, <clears throat> so when when Gary was asked about it, or when Gray was asked about it, he said they're going to play tighter on the crossing routes like they did in Tampa Bay. Um, he wants the, the pass coverage and the pass rush to be in sync. So that was something they talked about. 
Um, mentioned a bit of inconsistency with Rasul Douglas because he had he started outside, then he came inside, and then he went back outside when Jair was hurt for a little bit. Um, we actually have a really small sample size of Jair Alexander and Rasul Douglas playing together. Um, so I think that's part of those growing pains. Like I mentioned, they've only played like three and a half games together so far. Um, so that and then <clears throat> um, this was echoed by um, – Matt LaFleur, who said he wants guys playing at 100% or 100%, 100 miles an hour, playing with instincts. Um, Gray said um, to um, – when oh no, it wasn't Gray. It was um, Amos, actually, who said um, that their emphasis in practice has been it's okay to make mistakes, but not to make the same mistakes multiple times. They mm-hmm. want guys playing with instincts, playing to um, – playing fast and really just, like I said, like trusting their instincts. That was said by multiple coaches and coordinators this week. Um, mm-hmm. So they want to play fast. They want guys to trust their their talent, which they know they have, because it's it's brought up every single time the Packers play. Oh, there's seven first-round picks in the defense. They want those guys to trust their instincts and their athleticism on top of it. That's why the Packers draft all these high RAS score guys because they have the physical tools. Now, when Joe Barry asked about it, he said he believes in consistency. He mentioned Jair Alexander missing a little bit of time, Adrian Amos missing a little bit of time, so them being 100% healthy will help the defense improve. Um, he mentioned mixing coverages to combat those crossing routes, so he's already talking about it. He's obviously thinking about it as mixing coverages. Um, he expressed wanting to get Jair Alexander in the slot. He brought up even using Darnell Savage, in the slot and mentioned Rudy Ford emerging as a solid safety to potentially be able to use Darnell Savage in the slot. That's all those guys you can mix up. Um, and then changing coverages and getting good pass rush is a way to create those takeaways that they believe they come in bunches. Um, and this is what he said. So this is what Joe Barry said. He said they have to be more aggressive in press coverage. We have guys that can and will um, love um, <clears throat> that love playing in those aggressive press coverages. Um, you know, David, if you want to call him excuses, I mean, like, I don't know what else you want him to say. Like, if you want him to say these things and then call them excuses when he says them, like, I don't know what you want from him. So at least he's saying the things that we want to hear him say. Now we have to watch on Sunday to see if he does them or not. So we can only take him as far as we've gotten so far. So, you know, call it excuses if you want, but at least he's saying the things you want to say. Um, mm. I mean, the injuries, too. I mean, Jair Alexander and Adrian Amos are basically your two most veteran guys on the defense. So those are you know your two defensive leaders as far as that room is concerned. Um, maybe Preston Smith. but um, <clears throat> And then um, Joe Barry said he loves having coachable players like Rudy Ford. He brought up um, he's constantly at his side asking questions. Um, Downard, the safeties coach, said the same thing. He's constantly texting him, asking him questions, asking him about this. So Rudy Ford potentially emerging at safety um, is going to actually give them the opportunity to use Darnell Savage as kind of that star player. And I don't mean like he's a he's an all-star player, but like the star player, the hybrid guy on the defense where you can put him in different places. What I would suggest, this is just purely a speculation thing, but Maybe maybe turn Darnell Savage loose on a blitz. 
starting that's that's those mixing up the coverages things that Joe Barry's talking about. So, <coughs> um, and then the other thing that Joe Barry said was making full speed decisions. So, multiple coaches, players, and coordinators are talking about um, playing fast, playing with instincts, and trusting your talent. I'd like to see the <coughs> secondary blitz and maybe the inside linebackers blitz a little more. I think we still have zero sacks from anyone that plays off the line. So, like I said, like that percentage that said we blitz 33% of the time, maybe that's we're bringing someone up and dropping somebody else out and they're calling that a blitz. But I don't I don't see us bringing more than four very often. I think they're calling the five, the five men <laughs> on the line. So they stick five players on the line yeah. and they rush all those guys. They're calling that a blitz, even though yeah, no, that's just a heavier not. line. Yeah. They're all like, they're, they're not, that's no, that's no scheme. There's no trickery going on right there that the offense knows those five. That's what, that's kind of what the staleness of this defense has been. It, it's just so obvious what we're doing. They're not mixing it up and making the offense guess. And like, I know they trust, like, I know they want Quay Walker going sideline to sideline, and that's what his speed helps with. But mix, um, mix some of the, the stunts that you can run with the defense. And you're talking about mixing coverages. You can mix blitz packages as well. Send Quay Walker on a blitz. The dude's got the speed to beat somebody around the edge. It doesn't have to be often, but once, twice a game. Like, yeah. <clears throat> all right. Um, do either Jake or Simon, do either of you guys have anything that you want to throw out there that the Packers can improve on? Yeah. I just want to talk about the defense. Um, it kind of goes along the lines of the offense and having situational awareness. And all those stats kind of made me sick. I was holding back some some vomit. So thanks for that, Bryant. Appreciate it. Um, the the zone defense really predicates, you know, when you play that far off the line on, on sure tackling. And obviously we don't have that right now. So now that's when coaching comes into a factor, right? So having that situational awareness, uh, maybe bringing down a safety, you know, and you you run a you run a cover three, and you just have him guard the tight end on the line. You know, that's that's something that you can do. You can you can run uh, a half of the field where they run man. Just let Jair just just take just take the number one guy. Just let Jair be that guy. He talked in the offseason about being a dog. He actually got interviewed by Larry McCarron, and Larry McCarron asked him what it, what a dog is. He says, you don't want to be a cat because, you know, the cat don't take what it wants. The dog takes what it wants, you know. Jair wants to take what he wants. So let, let Jair be a dog, okay. <laughs> let him go out there, do his do his thing, and then you tell everybody else to figure it out. I don't know what to tell you. That's what happens when you have superstar players. You, you let them be superstars. The coaching is holding back the talent of this team. And I agree to a point with that, but – Players got to make plays. That's why. That's why I brought up the missed tackle. So, it's a little bit of both. We got to have situational awareness. We got to go get the quarterback. Maybe, maybe run a a gap blitz. And it makes me disgusting to say this, but I give a lot of credit to the Vikings that a gap blitz works beautifully. Imagine having to deal with two linebackers in the a gap. You got Kenny Clark in the b gap, and then right next to him is Rashawn Gary in the c gap. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're going to have Rashawn Gary run straight at your quarterback? You're going to have a running back try to block Rashawn Gary? There's 300-pound <coughs> men that don't block Rashawn Gary very well. You're going to have a 200 Rashawn Gary will literally go like over and through running backs to get sacks. He's done it before. He did it to Tom Brady. You know, the best defenses are a little bit offensive, so I feel like the Packers have a defense where they have, they have enough talent where they can be offensive on defense. So 
Go make it happen, Barry. All we I heard still, about I still and trust Barry. All we heard about in training camp and everything is how aggressive our defense is. I haven't seen it at all, other than Gary mm-hmm. like wrecking people. Nope. So play full speed play 100 miles an hour when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. That's what the players and coaches are saying this week. They're so. thinking too much oh. out there. And that's scheme <clears throat> to a degree. I agree with that. Also, on an off note, if you haven't seen a Jair Alexander interview, it's pretty it's pretty <laughs> unique. It's a unique experience. Oh, I love that, dude. I love every single one of them. Yeah, they're, funny. they're funny. So, um, just real quick on the subject of Jair Alexander interviews. Um, people were trying to make a big deal about the things that Jair was saying about, you know, if we lose to the Jets, I'll be worried. And then Aaron Rodgers said that he didn't like that. Um, <clears throat> trying to make a big deal out of that is is really just a dumb thing. Uh, we know Rodgers, the kind of guy that he is, and I agree with Rodgers on this, um, is that he believes in the power of manifestation. Like I've talked about it on this show um, on the Wednesdays and Friday shows that self-talk is important. Like it really, really is. Um, on a personal level, it's a really big deal, self-talk. So, like, if you're talking about losing, that means you're thinking about losing. You will manifest the things that will make you lose games by doing that. Um, I'm not saying just by saying we'll be worried if we lose next week that it means that the Packers are going to lose. But if you're thinking about losing, that's already going to be thinking about instead of thinking, you know, what can I do to help us win? You're going to be thinking, what can I do to help us not lose? And that's the shit that got Mike McCarthy fired is thinking about what can we do to not lose instead of thinking about what we can do to win. And that's just that simple change in the mindset that makes a big difference. So that I agree with Aaron Rodgers on. Okay, so let's go to – Brian, do you have the the Packers-Jets injury report? Yeah, once again, uh, both teams are coming in pretty – just like last week, pretty healthy. Um, The only concerning one – I mean – we talked about Christian Watson being out, which is unfortunate because I just want to see this dude get going. And it sounds like LaFleur said today that there's a possibility that they do shut him down. And maybe if they need to do that until he gets fully healthy, it's just, I want to see this guy run down the field. He is a gazelle and I wish I want to see it. And I know he can open up stuff for this offense. So he's out. Um, and Tipa Naliai is out, which could actually open up more blitzing opportunities for, Walker and then um, questionable is Rashawn Gary. We, we don't want to be without Rashawn Gary, and I know a little floor said that one is concerning to him, so I don't know if he means the injury or it would be concerning if he can't play because he does so much for our team. And with Tebow out already, we'd be pretty thin at that. And Abari and someone like or someone like that would definitely have to step up. Yeah, and then for, to probably elevate someone, yeah, 
which would have came oh, will come out tomorrow. So we might get an idea of that to see what happens tomorrow if they elevate someone from the who they elevate from the practice squad. And then yeah. um, Dwayne uh, for the Jets, Dwayne Brown is questionable, but he full, fully participated today, so I, I think he'll go. And then th- they did have Jermaine Johnson, who is there. He's got one and a half sacks on the season for him. He's like the third on the team or whatever. So that is kind of a big loss for them, but they still have Quinn Williams and uh, yeah. Lawson. So rookie, I think they'll be fine. Really well. I mean, yeah, Jermaine Johnson from Florida State, right? Playing pretty, pretty well. So, um, so that's a, it's unfortunate that he's out, but for them, it's good for us, I guess, but uh, pretty, pretty healthy teams coming in all together. Which is good. I mean, that's, that's what yeah. you want. Yeah. To be, so. um, <clears throat> looking at the Packers yeah. for, Remember the the Jets are without their starting right tackle, uh, Makai Becton. So yeah. their their backup right guard is actually slid over to the starting right tackle. Uh, what is it, Elijah Vera? Vera Tucker. Yeah, from yeah. USC, young guy. But he's he's um, a beast too. He's pretty good. Yeah. Um, he's good but he's playing out of position. He's playing in another position. So having Gary out would definitely hurt. But it would kind of make it a little bit more even on that side of the ball. Between Gary being out and <clears throat> or Gary being hobbled and, and Nalia being out, I think this is really a big opportunity game for uh, Kingsley and Igbari. So yeah. um, potentially a big opportunity for him. So, I mean, best of luck to him to potentially make the most of his opportunity. But going into <clears throat> the Packers offense against the Jets defense, um, Aaron Rodgers, he was a full participant. So as, as we're transitioning out of the injury report, Aaron Rodgers was a full participant yesterday and today. Um, He's not even on the injury <clears throat> report. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Rogers had a quote in one of his interviews this week, and he said, I expect that typical stretch coming up at some point where we get really hot. He said, hopefully it starts this week, but I think it's right around the corner. Um, He also said that he loves that the expectations are high. Um, He knows that Green Bay has a standard of excellent, uh, a standard of excellence, but he still doesn't panic or get down after losses. The Packers haven't lost a back-to-back since they hired Matt LaFleur as a head coach. Regular Packers season, not lost back to back games. That's <clears throat> true. Regular season, that is true. Uh, well, you can't lose back to back in the playoffs, but but you lost. Well, I the think last he meant like yeah, season. last yeah, game like we did against the Detroit. The and then, yeah, you have to insert that caveat before someone. Eee, and technically, actually, we lost. Year. We lost to Detroit game. last year, and then we lost to Minnesota to start yeah. the season. So, but yeah, in season, we've never lost back to back. Yes. Okay. You all, all you fuckers on being super technical with me? I mean, no. trolls, man. They get to you. Yeah. Trolls, I know. trolls. Yeah. They, they make you say your person. words very good. Uh, I've been hanging out in the huddle too much to yeah. deal with this. Yeah, that'll get you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt LaFleur, in his interviews, he talked um, a lot about the Jets' defensive effort um, and the ball skills of the defensive backs. So, looking at the Jets' defensive backs, um, Gardner is tied for fourth in the league in passes defense with six, and LaMarcus Joyner has four. So it's two guys in their secondary that have 10 passes defense. So I'm probably going to end up talking about them again when we get into our matchups that we're looking forward to. But <clears throat> like I talked about with Aaron Rodgers in the recap, timing is going to be important. And Matt LaFleur said the exact same thing. He said timing is going to be important and acknowledge that um, – Green Bay has yet to win the turnover battle is another thing. Um, he doesn't have a lot of concern about Rogers thumb. Obviously we just mentioned that he's off the injury report. Um, 
they don't have long-term concern on Watson, but they are thinking about shutting him down, like Bryant said, just for a short period of time. Um, and then the last things that he talked about were um, crediting the culture for Romeo Dobbs being such a good blocker as a wide receiver as a rookie already. Um, between Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, and then um, Vrabel, the wide receivers coach. He really praised the culture that Romeo Dodds has been brought up in as far as blocking wide receivers go. Um, and then again, just stressing wanting players playing at 100 miles an hour, um, not being afraid to make mistakes, just don't make the same mistakes multiple times. Um, that was echoed by not only him, but Adrian Amos um, and some of the other coaches and guys. So <clears throat> Adam Stenovich, he was interviewed. Um, he said they're looking to be threats at all levels. So it means they're not going to completely go away from those deep shots. It just comes down to being more selective of when to take them. Um, in my opinion, the best time to take a deep shot is second short. Um, that's a really specific thing. Um, and, you know, teams can prepare for that if they're looking at second short and they see you going five wide from the shotgun, like they're not going to be stacking the box. So um, he did say, um, Adam Stenovich did, that bad offenses are stubborn. So ones that aren't open to making changes, um, ones that aren't, you know, just going to keep doing the same things. Um, he did praise Elton Jenkins for having his best game of the year against the Giants. And then he was asked, um, <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers apparently pulled aside all the wide receivers and showed them old clips of Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson and James Jones and even Greg Jennings and showing them about um, – what the the experience level of those guys brought to the team and what he's looking for from them. Um, so just kind of trying to grow that chemistry with his wide receivers. So I've said it probably a hundred times, but the the narrative that Aaron Rodgers isn't a leader, it, it's just false. Just because he's not rah-rahing guys on the sideline during games doesn't mean that he's not a leader. So I just wanted to point that out, that Aaron Rodgers is meeting with the wide receivers you know, outside of just the offensive meeting rooms, wanting to grow the chemistry with these guys. And not only that, but there was one one random reporter that <laughs> I don't know what he's reported really, but said that Nothing. apparently that Rodgers has made it clear that he wants to retire at the end of the season. Literally nobody has, has said anything that echoes that. And even Rodgers himself, when he asked about it, he was talking about the development of, of Dobbs and Watson and even Lazard, that that'll factor into his decision. And the way that he talks about them really makes me believe that he's going to play the arm this season. I don't know if you guys agree with that. Yeah, or not. No, I agree. And he's made, that. I don't remember the exact comments, but he's made comments this summer that made it really seem like for sure he was playing this year, next year. Like, so. I mean, money right. talks. <laughs> so that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> so I'm going to go back to Bryant, and I'm going to let him talk about the running back touches and the play calling again as far as the concerns with the Packers offense. Yeah, so for for this game specifically, they just need to even it out. Um, look, this this defense is pretty good. It's like they've, they're have they a pretty consistent defense. The Jets are playing. They've averaged, they gave up like 200 yards, 205 yards a game per passing and 114 yards a game per put rushing but they're so it's like 4.0 average so this is actually one of the better rush defense aside from tampa bay that we'll be playing so this will be very they have given up seven passing touchdowns and seven rushing touchdowns like i said it's a very balanced defense so i just think 
we need to be very balanced against them. We need to continue to run the ball. If we get down a score or two, like mm-hmm. you, you need to run the ball because Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers have talked about the fact that AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones are two of our better players on the team. I would argue that aside from Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones is our best offensive player. I don't even think it's close to be honest. I think it's pretty clear cut that Aaron Jones is our best offensive player. He needs to be the leader on that offense with Aaron Rodgers, but he can't take the, you know what I mean? Aaron Rodgers has to give him our throw in the ball. So I just, I really, and the last time, um, you know, they came out and they said, well, we have to give Aaron Jones the ball more. That that was a game that he played against Chicago and he had like 18 total touches and AJ Dillon had like 15 or something. They had 33 touches between the two that game. So I think that we're going to see that and we need, and that's, it has to happen. So I, I, for play calling and the, and the running back touches kind of go hand in hand. Like, they have to go together. Let's, like, I would love to see a game that we don't have a three and out. I don't know if that's like maybe just one, I should say, like where it's not pass, pass, pass. Like, and then we're three and out in 26 seconds, and then they go on another eight minute drive. And like Aaron Rodgers is talking about, the next thing we know, we're like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter and we haven't really touched the ball. So, yeah, that's, that's all I really have to say about that. Isaac, I just want to give Isaac two things. Um, um, Kylan Hill has returned to practice. Um, he hasn't been activated mm-hmm. yet. And then he also asked for an update on Chris Barnes. I looked. Um, Chris Barnes is eligible to return as early as this week, um, but I have not heard anything that they're planning to do so yet with Chris Barnes. But um, having him back would be helpful. Um, <clears throat> I think when he first went down, they were talking about like a, a four- to six-week injury, so he's just hitting that mm-hmm. four weeks. So I think it's potentially another week or two before we see Chris Barnes. But um, – I'm going to go to Jake. Jake, um, you want to talk about the third down offense as far as the concerns against the Jets? So the Jets are pretty good on defense. I looked up their percentage of the kind of defense that they play. And they, the the Packers, let me start with the Packers first. Let me back up here. Back up here. Okay. So the Packers on offense, 57.5% of the time they throw the ball. And 42.5% of the time, they run the ball. I don't like I don't like that ratio. Um, I'd really like it to be a little bit more 50-50. I understand that makes us, you know, less predictable. Um, if we are going to pass that much, I still have no idea why we're not throwing the ball more to our running backs. Everybody's talking about our wide receivers, wide receivers, wide receivers. Tanyan's coming along. Um, I actually think DeGuar has been pretty good this year. He's kind of shut up some of the haters. I think he's been very good getting open, catching the ball, getting yards. Um, and obviously big dog got his first and probably only touchdown of the season on Sunday. He might get one more because so, he's not, so, he got the first one early. Someone made a joke and I wasn't sure how serious were they are. They were about it. Is that the only route he's run this year? Oh, probably. <laughs> I don't so, know. Someone kind of made that joke and I sat there and I, I seriously thought about it. I don't remember him running in a route. I'm sure it's not the only route he ran, but I gotta got look it up. <laughs> I, th- I don't think I also wouldn't that be surprised if that was true. I wouldn't either. That that would explain why a six seven two hundred and eighty pound guy ends up that wide open in the end. Well, he's so but... good in the he's so great in the blocking game. So they always think he's just gonna block. I think uh, Christian Watson kind of helped set that one up as far as our usage of him 
on those uh, jet sweeps and stuff because he threw out that linebacker. They fake he was just wide open. That's his only target. Yeah. Wow. Sorry for interrupting. No, actually, that's that's a very good question, and now I'm wondering myself. So, like I said before, the Packers uh, are 42 percent on third downs. Um, The Jets, the Jets are a good defense. They they. I mean, they're only giving up the 38% on third downs. So, I mean, that's a that's a pretty good percent from a defense. It's very close to the Packers, who are top five. I did not write down their ranking, so shame on me. But the the Jets, they got a lot of young talent on this team. They got impact players on all three levels. Um, I know that C.J. Mosley isn't what he was, but he's still a very, very good veteran linebacker. They got Quinton Williams up front who can cause problems. He's kind of like a Kenny Clark in that way. And Sauce Gardner is bringing an attitude to that defense. Add in that they have a defensive-minded head coach in Robert Sala. You know, go back to the 2019 NFC Championship game. Go back to 2019 in general. And he's the guy that has Aaron Rodgers' number that year. And he knows how to coach against Aaron Rodgers, you know, led teams. So when you add all that stuff into a factor, I think Aaron Jones is going to need to have a big Big day. Not just running the ball. I think you just find a way to get him the football in his hands, pass the ball to him. Maybe maybe put him out there at wide receiver since I'm hearing people complain about wide receivers and we only have three left. Split him out, put A.J. Dillon in the back, and then do a wide receiver screen to, to Aaron Jones. Run He's through the air. That, yeah, if, if you just get him the ball, he will figure it out. He's one of those guys. He's a special talent. So I think to – to have a good third down offense this week, I think Aaron Jones is the key. Simon, is there anything you wanted to add to the offensive side of the ball? Um, yeah, just one thing. I, I want to give some, I feel like, unappreciated love from us because we haven't said his name, I don't think, all year. So John Runyon Jr. has been an animal this year. <laughs> Listen to this. <clears throat> Running hasn't allowed a pressure, 167 pass blocking snaps, zero pressures, zero sacks, zero hits, Damn. zero hurries. No one, no other guard has done that with at least 33 reps in pass wow. protection. 33? At least 33. Damn. And he's at what, 167, you said? 167. Damn. So, uh, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So, just to add on to that, so Quinn Williams is. Uh, what? It, hold on, I have the stat right here. And he has 17 pressures on the year, which is uh, I don't know where that stat went. Okay, which is tied for seventh among defensive linemen, and the majority of that comes from lining up over the left guard spot. So that's why yeah, I think I'm getting ahead of myself. But I just thought that was the like, matchup you're uh, watching. I mean, go like, ahead and give it. <laughs> so my matchup I'm watching is John Rennie Jr. versus Quentin Williams for that reason. That's awesome. <clears throat> so I wanted to bring this up with with uh, the offense versus the defense. Um, we're getting to a point where um, Bakhtiari has played three games now. Um, I really – this is going to be his third game. Um, I'm really – in the frame of mind, they discussed it last week, potentially um, using um, Yash Nyman at right tackle and moving Elton Jenkins into right guard. I know Elton Jenkins just had his best game at right tackle, but the weak point of this offensive line has been Rice Newman at right guard. Um, it's affected the Packers' opportunities to throw a deep ball that Rodgers actually has time 
to put it where he wants instead of having to kind of chuck it up and hopefully that a receiver can go and get under it. Um, so I think if there's a time to put Josh Nyman at right tackle and move Elton Jenkins to right guard, I think this week is the week to do it. Um, the Jets have a strong defense. For me, my matchup that I'm watching is Aaron Rodgers versus the Jets secondary. Um, because they have such a good secondary, Rodgers is going to need time to throw, and he's going to need time for his wide receivers to get open. Um, and if he doesn't have that opportunity, he's going to need to be able to go through his reads, his progressions, and then find either the, the Tanyan or DeGuara or Dylan or Jones, who are his, his safety valves. Um just to, to be able to get through all those progressions without having an offensive lineman in his lap and then having to turn and run, or by the time that he's ready to make his fourth read, that his, you know, his offensive lineman isn't being pushed back into his face, and then he's taking a sack that knocks him out of field goal range that's happened three times already this season. Mm-hmm. No, I see I Brian really, shaking his head because I know that's something. Uh, because you, I message about it. And I said it's once a game it happens. So I want to touch on that real quick, and, I, and I, that's a good point, Tyler. And I, the problem is I think – it seems like we always have a stubborn coaching staff that it's like until something goes crazy <laughs> wrong, they won't make the change. And I can tell you right now, I think David Bakhtiari is getting really, really sick of rotating. They said that he was just sitting on the sidelines and, and he wasn't even standing up with his team. Like, and maybe, yeah, you say he shouldn't do that. He should be supportive or whatever. But this is a dude that's been waiting to get back on the field. He's already played an entire game this year. Tell me why we go back to rotating him. I get it that he flew to London and I get it that there was a, some rip up the middle of the seam of the field or whatever they were saying. But I think, back in Lambo on grass, it's time for David Bakhtiari to play an entire game. Like, oh, yeah. and, and that's if that's going to happen, time to move right to, you can to put Yash. Yash we'll see. And I agree with, I don't know why we continue to run Royce. Is, is Zach Tom going to play much worse than Royce Newman at this point? Or, do you, or could he play at the same level of, as him and get that experience and play, then start to play better? That's where I'm at with it. <clears throat> I mean, I'm not there's, putting there's several the plays a game that Williams, Newman so. just Dude, and not to just... jump on Newman too much, but that that sack that Rogers took uh, to pull us out of field goal range, Newman got fuck. He got sorry, he got blew up like he got beat bad. One of those, one of those that Rogers got sacked on was a sack that he took on purpose just to keep the clock running. Um, I think that was. Brian was a couple too mad. I don't yeah, care. You don't Isaac. take a stack out of field goal range. <clears throat> one, of them, one of them he did. One of them he did take a stack on purpose again. instead of trying to chuck up a, an incompletion. Um, I don't remember which game it was. I don't remember if it was the Tampa Bay game or if it was the the Bay. It wasn't game. last year. It was the week before. It was the Tampa game. It was against the Patriots. Was it? Okay. Yeah, but. God, so, Bryant, what is your matchup that you're watching from the Packers offense? So, I wrote down Aaron Jones versus Mosley and Quan Alexander specifically in the passing game because this is where I think that if you can get, you know, how they like to line Jones up alongside of Rodgers, if that's the side Mosley's on or if you rotate him on the other side, I feel like you want to get him out and run some wheel routes or something up the field against this team. Or like because their cornerbacks are really good. If we're if we're gonna run like um, some deeper routes and try to take some shots, and that catches the cornerbacks and the safeties clear out a little bit, I think that's where you can start hitting Aaron Jones up the seam or up the sidelines a little bit. So I, I really wrote it down specifically in the passing game because yeah, they're gonna want to run them 15 times. But if they're you know, I feel like this is a game. Like if if there's gonna be a game, we're gonna start running 
some screens, some more passes to our running backs, which I like, I'm really flabbergasted that has not happened, especially with the way Aaron Rodgers was talking about throwing them the ball. Like, like let's do it then. Like, what are we, what are we waiting for? So hopefully what do you think, so that's my matchup. So. What do you think about running the old McCarthy special and running a pitch to Aaron Jones? And instead of having him run for negative three yards, you pitch the ball to Aaron Jones and you let Aaron Jones take a throw. Or, interesting. or you pitch it out to Aaron Jones, have him take off, and then toss it back to Rodgers and then go for the deep shot that way. I would love some trickery in this because you never see it, right? You never see it. So another one note I do want to take, you know how we talked about it. was asked about it, about the Wildcat, because they saw so much of it from um, from the Giants with Saquon Barkley running it. Um, obviously, the week before really necessitated it because two of their quarterbacks got hurt. But he was asked about it. He said they've talked about it and they've thought about it, but I don't think that means that they're going to implement it. But I'm going to be honest, I have zero interest in that. I have zero interest in that and taking out of Aaron Rodgers' hand. I, I, yeah, I'm not in a wildcat situation, but yeah. I think a, a trick play would be interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, and then one note I want to say, you know how we talk about the Jets having 23 passes defended. Well, their linebackers between the two, Quan Alexander and CJ Mosley, they've combined for one. So it's, you know they have a little bit of speed and stuff, but it's not like they're break. So I don't know, how, you know, I like I don't know how many times they've been targeted or anything, uh, but it's obviously that you know if they have been targeted, they haven't been running the ball a lot. So I just think this is a game where we could see Aaron, Aaron Jones, you know, go off for seventy-five yards receiving or something. I so. think it would be interesting to run Jones or not Jones, um, Lazard, Cobb, and Dobbs. Just send them all on fly routes. And then just have Jones come out of the backfield and just curl around exactly. right behind the defensive line and just, you know, potentially have 10 yards to catch the ball and run. Yeah. <clears throat> um, no, Isaac, I don't think Jordan Love can run a Wildcat. I think if you're putting Jordan Love in, that a defense is just going to be like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, no Wildcat. I have no interest. Maybe yeah, it's like, in Wildcat. No. <clears throat> so let's go to the defensive side of the ball for the Packers. Uh, Simon, you want to talk about the Packers third down defense as far as the upcoming game is concerned? So I think it'll be very interesting. So the Jets are have thrown the ball the – what was it? They've thrown the ball more than 29 other teams in the league at, uh, percentage-wise. But last week – Brees Hall and Michael Carter, well, they lit up the Dolphins. Like they're 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 pretty good. When we're talking about one two backs in the league, they're they're a pretty good combo. Brees Hall is a stud too. Two hundred twenty five pounds runs a four three. Like, that's just nasty. Um, it'll be interesting. Down, I had it written down. They run. They pass it sixty four point two percent of the time. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. And that was when Joe Flacco was actually lighting people up that one week, and he threw for 400 yards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, but they are their offense is only converting at a 38.3 percent rate on third downs. So there's, hmm. I feel like there's an opportunity for this defense to to really go out there and hold them down on third down. But I think it'll all come back to. 
it'll all come back to whether Joe Barry holds up his promise on letting these cornerbacks play a little more aggressive and yep. uh, really push up on these wide receivers. They don't have an amazing wide receiver core, but I, I like Garrett decent. Wilson. I thought, yeah, they're decent. Corey Davis isn't a slouch. He's had a couple of good games this year. Um, Isaac so brought that, up Braxton Berrios as well, but I think he's more of a threat, honestly, in special team situations. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's some opportunity for this defense to come out and play some really good ball on third down. And um, – had a stat that hit um, Zach Wilson's yards per completion when he's pressured is like 2.6 yards. When he's not pressured, it's like 10 point something, uh, 10.4, I believe it was, or 10.6. Hmm. Um, so if, if these, if we get these cornerbacks up on their wide receivers and give the pass rush a little bit more time and they hold up their end of the bargain, we could see a game where we do what we did in the first three, four weeks and not allow um, not allow an, uh, a third down conversion of over eight yards. Obviously, that's all predicated on us holding their running backs to short yardage situations. Like you said, I, I feel like we did a pretty good job of holding Barkley up last week minus that Wildcat play where he ran for like 40 yards. Right. So, so that – I'm glad you brought that up because that's where I'm getting into this situation where <clears throat> all these interviews have taken place with LaFleur and Barry and Rogers and, <clears throat> and all of the players that have been asked about this, about playing a complete game. Now, this is a bit of a puzzle to put together through the first five weeks, but we get the first half of the Tampa Bay game. We get the second half of the New England game. We get the the 12 for 30 section of Saquon Barkley being held. We get the fact that the Packers have allowed, like, I want to say, like, the fourth fewest or second fewest. It might even be second fewest passing yards per game. Um, there's second. all these different puzzle pieces you can take from these first five games and say, <clears throat> you look at this. This puzzle right here assembled from the pieces that we have done in these first five games, that gets me really excited because when that comes together, this is that's the Packers team where it's like, shit, that team could win the Super Bowl because it's just going to be about those things coming together. We knew, and it, it's crazy how quickly it turned. We knew that there were going to be growing pains with this. We have high expectations, which is true. And so do the players. The fans obviously have the high expectations. We've seen power rankings where the Packers are fourth in the league despite having, you know, a three and one record and a shaky win against a third string quarterback and all of that. But there are reasons to believe that this team can do this because they've done these things all in isolated situations. It's just about them coming together. And like I said, when it comes to that, when it happens, this will be a dominant football team. Now, imagine it happens when they play Buffalo. Imagine it happens when they beat Philadelphia. Imagine they get to one of those games. They play a, a complete game like they've been working on doing, and they make a statement in one of those games. And then people are like, oh, shit, like the Packers are here. They've been here. It just hasn't been all at once. So week five for people to be like, oh, this team's going to miss the playoffs or 
they're not contenders or this guy's washed up or we need to fire this coach, this coach, and this coach, or they're just making excuses in their, in their interviews. It's like they're doing the right things at times. They're saying the right things when they're being asked. When these things come together, this will be a damn good football team. People forget that, you know, 12 weeks is a long time too. I don't, I, I'm not throwing that. I never throw the hat in until it's actually over. Right. Yeah. I mean, Jake and I just did the same thing with the Brewers up until the last three games of the season. Yeah. To me, the um, NFC North, or excuse me, the NFC this year, like this is, there's no runaway winner of the NFC. Like the Eagles have looked good, but they've won a last close games the last two weeks. The Vikings, yeah, sure, whatever. They have a cupcake schedule. So I, 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 I am a little timid if we can win the North. But to me, it's like this is the type of year you just get into playoffs and anyone in the NFC has a chance. I've, I've already seen comparisons to the 2010 Packers. I've seen people bring it up. I'm not going to like go super far into that, but like, I've seen the comparisons being made and how the, through the first five games that this team is similar to that team. But <clears throat> um, Brian, is there anything you wanted to bring up um, as far as the defense is concerned with play calling or lack of turnovers as far as the defense is concerned? No, I mean, I think I hit it pretty well on the um... – on uh, on the improvement and talking about the distance i do want to say i think simon kind of hit the nail on the head with the running backs and the one thing about their two running backs is each of them have 17 receptions so they're going to be part of the the um catching game each of them have 17 receptions which is third on the team so they're getting targeted plenty um zach wilson is he's come back and he's two and oh but he's only completed 56 percent of his passes with one touchdown two interceptions and he's only averaging like 230 per game it's not like he's came back and started lighting up the world. Flacco was playing better. And Zach Wilson's more dynamic, but he's not as dynamic right now because he's not even rushing. I think he has six rush attempts for like 17 yards. So it's not like he's um, Jones. Yeah, going crazy. Um, so, I, you know, Brees Hall had that 79-yard catch last week. So he's definitely dangerous. Uh, mm -hmm. Their offense is getting up 12 sacks. So hopefully we can, you know, get some pressure. So I think Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell against those two running backs is going to be big. If, if you know, if, we, if Barry actually does what he's going to say and presses these wide receivers and these linebackers can get up on these running backs, we should be, be all right, I think. Jake, is there anything you wanted to add to the Packers defense? No, I was going to talk about Brees Hall as well. Um, he's third in receiving yards on the team. So obviously that long reception helped. Um, Bryant stole my thunder with the receptions, but that's okay. Bryant's a smart guy, so I'll let him have that one. Let's chill out on that. <laughs> He's a smart guy. I like Bryant. <laughs> Bryant brings up some good points that I didn't even think about. I'm like, that was good with Bryant. All right, Jake, I'll let you go first for the matchups that you're watching for the Packers defense. All right. Well, I'm gonna get my matchup on offense first since I didn't get to do that one. Oh, I didn't um, come back. No, it's okay. I'm, um, I'm not upset. It happens. You know, this <clears throat> we have a lot of stuff to cover. Uh, the first thing I'm watching for on offense is very simple, short and sweet. I'm looking for Matt Lafleur to stay with the hot hand. Uh, Tyler, me and you played a lot of basketball together. We know that the basketball is a game of runs, and sometimes. There's just a guy that's in a rhythm that nobody expected, and you just got to ride that hot hand. You call sets for him. Happens with the Bucks all the time. Could be Javon Carter, but for some reason, Bud doesn't want to stick with Javon Carter. Sorry, I had to get that out. Um, so just ride the hot hand, man. Um, if, it, if it's Aaron Jones, let it be an Aaron Jones game. If it's A.J. Dillon, let it be an A.J. Dillon game. Just ride the hot hand. 
On defense, Brees Hall is their Aaron Jones. He can catch it. He can run it. Um, he oh, – what does he have? He has 275 rush yards, two touchdowns. He's averaged 4.9 yards per carry. That's pretty decent. And he has 17 receptions for 213 yards in the passing game. So we got to slow that guy down. We got a key on him, Devondre Campbell. Devondre Campbell and Brees Hall, they're going to have a good duel this week. Simon, what's the matchup that you're watching from the Packers defense against the Jets offense? Uh, I got – this just goes back to everything that we're hoping that Joe Barry's saying, and I'm hoping that I get to see a good matchup between our cornerbacks and their receivers. I think we've hammered that nail hard enough, so I'm not going to go much further into that. Bryant, what's the matchup that you're watching? Yeah, I already said it. Um, I'm watching Quay Walker and Devondra Campbell versus those two um, running backs, specifically once again in the passing game. And then I did write down, I will, I'm going to be watching to see if our cornerbacks are actually playing like they said. So for me, <clears throat> I'm actually looking at this is potentially going to be my matchup that I'm watching this week and next week because I believe that in this specific aspect, that Zach Wilson and Carson Wentz are similar in that they do not play well under pressure. So I am watching the pass rush against Zach Wilson to see, um, like Bryant brought up, Zach Wilson has one touchdown and two interceptions since he's been back. Put some pressure on, on Zach Wilson and force him to make quick decisions. You know, you brought up the the stat that his, um, uh, <clears throat> his depth of target went under pressure is under what under three yards five yards something like that what was it I think it was, um, two. It was like two like points two point something like nine i thought you said and oh. then when he's not under pressure it's over 10 yards so bring that pressure and then if our corners are playing that press coverage that tight coverage like um jerry gray and joe barry brought up uh, a three yard depth of target is going to mean a three yard gain at best if the ball is caught and that's yeah. how you and play Zach, a team in the second and seven and third and long. Zach Wilson's so, the type of quarterback that, that's going to try to extend plays, and he might throw cross body and stuff too because he still learns. So I feel like that – come on, man. Let's let's win this turnover battle. Come on. So we're talking a Quay Walker interception? Uh, I don't we care. Can just I, mean, get I don't a, care if Jaron Reed intercepts it. I just want to see a turnover. If Jerry Reed gets an interception, I'm coming to your house and kissing you on the lips, man. I'm just going to go live on the page. <laughs> oh, it got weird. All right. Weather report. Um, if you live in Wisconsin, it's fall now, and it kind of sucks. It's a little depressing because it doesn't get bright outside till like, 9 o'clock in the morning, and then it's, like, like nighttime at, like, 3 o'clock, so that kind of sucks, but – um, Sunday, 49 degrees is the high, so cold. And uh, winds west at 10 to 20 miles per hour. Sucks. All right, Jake, keep like talking. Wait, what were the winds? Winds 10 to 20 miles per hour. That's pretty good. That ain't cold. Dude, when you when, – okay, so the, it, what was it? It was just a couple of days ago where it was like 70 something. And then the next day it was like 50 degrees. And Actually, they said that the like real field, the, the real field was like 24 degrees colder. Like 51 the rest of the week. If there's 10 to 20 mile an hour winds, the real field is going to be in the low forties, yeah. mid to low forties. And like it, it was today. It's, been, it's been wet That's all Packard week, man. Right there. It, Bro, it was, 
It was 80 degrees out this afternoon. It was 50 this morning when I was running. <laughs> it's 50 is then, good for running. It's nice. It was nice. Well, I, I'm not running five miles, okay? Do you want to so, run five miles? I don't. That doesn't sound <laughs> you run five me. miles? Huh? <laughs> Do Could I you run to? five miles? Could I? I just, yeah, I can run five yeah. miles. I won't Dang. stop. I'll, I'll run ten miles. Oh, I want to pay this. Bullshit. Nah, I will run. Damn I, you run ten miles. I, dude, if I would, if I die running that ten miles, I'm not stopping. I'm running ten miles. If I die, I, I will die. give you cousins, baby. I will give you ten dollars for every mile if you run ten miles. So I will give you a hundred dollars if you run ten miles without stopping. Bet. Without stopping or walking. Bet. You gotta, you gotta and do I'm it on walking. treadmill and record it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah turn it up to ten miles an hour too. Are we gonna? Dude, are we gonna end <laughs> up watching three and a half hours of Jake running? I'll that's do a it. Long, that's gonna be a long, long movie. <laughs> wow! When It'll be funny when he just take out. First, I guess you can do it. First, I get skipped, and now everybody's just ripping on me. Wow, man! <laughs> all right, all right, <laughs> fine. I believe you in you, Jake. Okay. Keys to victory. My key to victory is stopping Brees Hall. I think he is that offense. I don't think Zach Wilson is a game breaker quite yet, although I have seen improvement in his second season. But like I said before about Brees Hall, he's the guy that kind of makes that offense go, running, catching. He's he's their Aaron Jones kind of like – they're using Brees Hall like we should use Aaron Jones, to be completely honest. But um, stop Brees Hall. That's my keys to victory. Simon, what's your key to victory? Put together a full game for the offense. I'm tired of this seeing like half games crap and then killing drives and it, it, it's getting old. I, I'd love to see back in Lambeau coming off a loss where everyone's mad. I'd love to see the offense go out there and just light up the scoreboard and put together a full, full game. Bryant, what's your key to victory? My key to victory is a balanced attack, uh, kind of like what we've been talking about. In the, in the games that we have won, the Packers have 25 pass attempts, 38 run attempts, 35 pass attempts, 25 run attempts, and 35 and 35. And the losses, it's been 39 pass attempts and 18 run attempts, and then 39 pass attempts and 20 run attempts. So... If Aaron Rodgers throws the ball 39 times, I guess we're going to lose, right? Because um, that's both times we lost, he threw the ball 39 times. Um, so throw it 40. We just need to be, we just, yeah, go to 40 or stop at 38. One more time. <laughs> so we just need to be balanced. Yeah. Each, all of our three wins, we wouldn't, you know, we've been within 10 plays of each other. And the one that was 35 and 25 was the Tampa Bay game. And we stuck with the run, even though it wasn't working all that well, we stuck with it. So I, we just need to be balanced. And I, I do think it's really interesting in two of the games we won. One of them was dead even 35-35. And the other one, it was 13 more play, run plays than it was pass plays. That was against the Bears. But, so, so I want to see that 50-50. Play the strengths on both sides of the ball. And this really comes down to trusting talent. And then <clears throat> a little bit of this, too. It does contradict a little bit what Matt LaFleur is saying about taking what the defense gives you. Um, in my opinion, I'd like to see the Packers dictate, not react. I'd like to see the Packers come out and say, 
this is what we're going to do. Stop us. Not we see what you're going to do. We're going to try to do what you're not covering for. I'd like to see a little bit of swagger when it comes to the Packers offense instead of being reactive to see them be, you know, dictating what the game looks like. And and I think that kind of plays into your guys' points about um, establishing the run and sticking with it and saying we have a good run game, try and stop it. Instead of, you know, you guys are stacking the box, we're going to check out of the run. Because that's what teams want the Packers to do. They want them to not run the ball especially with the pattern being as clear cut as it is where if the Packers are, are more in like a 60, 40 split past a run, it doesn't bode well for the Packers. So, and then the other thing is just to play downhill. Um, like I mentioned, all the coaches and players saying play at hundred miles an hour, play downhill, trust your instincts, make full speed decisions, all of that play downhill, uh, get the defense on their heels, get the offense on their heels um, for the jets and, and, and really just dictate the game. So that's that's my key to victory. <clears throat> so, Bryant, I'm sure you probably have like 22 things for Simon Says this week like you do every week. I stopped this time. Go ahead. So my first Simon Says is running backs combined for 30-plus touches and 250 total yards. God damn. 250? Is that total or rushing? Total. Total, total yards. Okay. No. Uh, I think oh. is too much. Is it the touches or the yards? The yards. I think it's the yards for me. It's the yards for me. It's uh, only like seven point something yards per per play. That's that's eight. Eight yards per play, whatever. <laughs> Yeah. That's too much. Right? I mean, I, yeah, I just don't think there's a way in hell. I could see 30 touches and maybe somewhere around like 150, 180 yards, but I think 250 is a little. That wouldn't be very good. Much. I'd I'd put them kind of in the <laughs> middle of where you guys are at. I'd go over in there like the that's five. That's that's five to six yards per touch. I'll take that every day. If that's all running, then yeah, that's good. Even 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 catching, I'll take that. That means they're playing close to the line of scrimmage. Bryant's, Bryant's hung up on the running Aaron Jones on the sideline. I think that's where his higher – He just wants that wheel out. route for like 79 yards or something. Yeah, Go watch the highlight of him against the, the Lions where he caught that sick wheel route. Oh, yeah. That? I love, yeah, I, that I don't know what you're talking about. That was disgusting. All right, Jake, give me your first time with this. All right, my first one, I, I cheated, but I want I really wanted Simon's opinion. I want you to predict Aaron Jones touches for the game. Oh boy, I, I don't think there's a way in hell. He yeah, as you can do game. it, stop, stop underselling yourself. Of what you say is going to happen. So stop underselling no, no, yourself. No, no, no. I, I was going to say I don't think there's a way in hell Green Bay goes in this game without getting Aaron Jones at least like 18, 19 touches, at Has least. To. Has to. That's got to no way you get him another. What, what do you have? Thirteen carries. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, like there's no, there's no way they don't get him more involved this week after looking at what happened last week. Okay, well I put under there. I said he better touch the ball at least twenty times. So and I, could, very, I could absolutely you're see very that. close to what I was thinking. You want me to do my next one real quick? It's real I, quick. Th- so the only uh, I want to say something before uh, the only reason I don't think that is I, I think they're gonna look at AJ Dillon's usage a little bit last week. 
last week was he was only on the field for 30% of the plays. That's... 3-0. For all the hype that he had coming into this year, man. And, and he had zero targets that game. Yeah, zero. Th- I know. It, it's it, it's so wild that this is the thing that they hyped up a lot this offseason was the amount of touches that our running backs are getting, it, are getting and receptions and stuff. And it's not – it's just not – I think Brian said it. It's just not coming to fruition. It, it's kind of surprising. Yeah. Just wait until all the talent find out they that – know. Just wait till all the pessimistic fans find out that he streams on Twitch like three or four nights out of the, se- the week. And oh, I couldn't they'll say that's why. I couldn't care about that's, that. That's why they're gonna say he's not playing well. Just like Bakhtiari yeah. drinking beer was the reason his uh, ACL was True. Healing. true. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's I knew that's where you were going. That, <laughs> yeah. <I> well, <laughs> remember people used to say that about MVS when he was dropping the ball. Get off the video games and go learn how to catch uh, a ball. Like, come on. Do you see him, Kansas City? Like, he's playing pretty like, well over there. It's like people don't think these players can have a life outside of football. And it just nope, blows my mind. I hate that. They want to turn for improvement. I hate that so much. It blows <laughs> my mind. All right. So my assignment says for this week is you have to pick one of these two things to happen. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so it's either Rashawn Gary has two sacks or – Darnell Savage and Rasul Douglas each have an interception. Uh, Gary all day. I think it's the the way easier pick. Yeah. Should have said three. That one might have made me think a little bit harder. But my next one kind of goes with that. my, My second one was the Packers secondary gets aggressive finally has five passes defense, which would be like almost doubling our season total, and two interceptions. Oh. I, I love the – God. I love It's the hard to pick because Zach Wilson throws the ball, like you said, like 60% of the time. So the opportunity is there. I think that's what's making Simon so stressed. But the, 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 thing, the thing was – last week they, they only threw the ball like 40% of the time. I don't know if that's the game plan. Gonna, well, I don't they know. Had that all, might like, because all but one of their touchdowns were inside the five yard line. Because Miami has a lot of the same issues that we do as far as personnel on defense and how they're playing it, as far as how much they play too high and stuff. So I'm wondering if the Jets kind of see something similar in ours, <clears> and they <throat> might think to run the ball on us. Were you waving or? I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out. Teams that go against the Packers, the Packers, they throw 52% of the time and they run 47% of the time. Oh, wow. So actually, what happens to the other 1%? I don't know. That's I just what Brian told me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> wow. I didn't put the decimal on there. I just wrote down the 52.47, buddy. They're, kneel- they're kneeling. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Does that count as a run play? I don't know. <laughs> I think it does, actually. Yeah, I think it does, too. Uh, what'd you say? Five pass defense and two picks. Pa- two five picks. pass defenses and two picks. If you would have said one pick, I'd say, yeah. Yeah, two picks. Are I feel like four and one. That's why I got to put on like, two picks. I'm probably going to say, nah. A pick, I could probably see it. If we get up aggressive on these guys and Zach Wilson's still getting in the groove coming back off of injury and stuff, I, I could see it. Good. I'm always stressed out, man. 
Okay, my last one's pretty simple. Are we going to win the turnover battle? Yes. Okay, thank you. I like uh, I, I like our simple. odds of I taking like care of the ball at home and maybe forcing a turnover or two. Yeah. And we'll get a special teams turnover this week. That's what I'm feeling. Force fumble? I can see that. <clears throat> Simon, did you have any Simon sets? Uh, no, I, I didn't do one this week, I'll be honest with you. All right. That's all right. I'll let you go first for the score prediction from the head then. Okay. From the head, I think – all right. So I have a winning 23-21. I think it will be a nail-biter. And I, I, th- I think the Jets are still a pretty good team on both sides of the ball. But I, I do like our odds at home. I, I like that everyone seems really upset over what happened last week. And in kind of a get right game, and I think the score will be a lot closer than how I, a lot of us will feel about this game. Um, but I think Jets will hang around a little bit. So I also went with a close game. I went 27 to 20. Uh, Bryant, what's your score prediction from the head? From the head, I went 24 to 17 because maybe Aaron Rodgers brings us down to a touchdown winning, you know drive jets have given up 23.6 yards per game uh, or points per game so that's kind of right where we're at so uh, i, I think right, it's Jake, 24 what's your prediction from the head 31 24 wow we all got within seven oh, points or less yeah, nice. possession look at us all right look Simon, us. give me your score prediction from the heart all right from the heart i feel like them coming in a lambo it's gonna be loud fans are mad they want to see us just destroy them. I, I feel like off, huh? Noon yeah, it's game. a new game. So I, I think all the players feel good about that. I have yep. us winning 28 to 14. Ooh, close. I went 31-13. We talked about winning the turnover battle, um, <clears throat> potentially putting pressure on Zach Wilson. Um, and then you guys brought up the, the seven touchdowns um, through the air and seven touchdowns allowed through the pass um, and through the run. So – um, the opportunity is there, so I went 31-13 from the heart. Brian, what's your score prediction from the heart? 31-13. Suck <laughs> it! You got it! Yeah. I had 31-13. No, I had it written down. I didn't touch nothing right there. You can all see it. 31-13 right there. Um, so I had, yeah, from the heart, 31-13. to 13, So Because I just feel like we got, like, it's, this is game six now. We got to put together a full game. Like, if they're going to let them be, def- you know, if they're going to let these cornerbacks in the secondary be aggressive and we're going to actually start playing to our strengths, I feel like we can shut them down. Um, maybe they get us, you know, late score if we're up that big, but I feel like it's time for us to win a game by a couple, you know, double digits. I think we did that against the Bears, but that's the Bears and they just lost to the Commanders at home 12 to 7. an ugly game, too. Yeah. All right, Jake, give me your score prediction from the heart. I have 35-17. Uh, I think we're going to play a complete game. Yeah, we're all really close on that. Uh, that's what my heart tells me. And uh, that better happen because if if uh, if 23-21 happens, I'm going to Simon's house and I'm punching him in the lips. <laughs> not, not kissing him. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> I do not want 23-21. Dude, no, Simon, no matter what happens on Sunday, wear a mouth guard. Dude, I just want to I just want to relax one game. We haven't uh we haven't Seriously, bro. We haven't put up 30 points yet this year. Like, let's nope. just do it. Let me let me like decompress during the fourth and just relax. I felt like I was going to do that next last week. I was like, okay, this yeah. is going good. Like, we're going to 
And then it's just, nope. It just crushes me. All right. <clears throat> Is there anything else you guys want to throw out there? I think on Sunday morning, we're probably going to do a quick live before the show, probably give some last minute injury updates and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, is there anything else you guys want to throw out there for tonight? No. Go, I... Pat, go. Yeah, yeah, go, Pat, go. go. Look, let's get it done. All right. Well, we will see you guys on Sunday then. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.